Kelda. Welcome to episode nine of season two. And I was super stoked to be able to get my boy Elijah White on the podcast. One of the best drummers in, in Auckland and New Zealand. Such a cool dude. A movie buff, believe it or not. And we definitely got into some of his favorite movies. Unpacked why he loves movies. But most importantly, we talked about his drumming journey. What it was that sparked his interest in drumming. How he actually got into it from mentors and people at school and church and eventually getting one of the one of his dream gigs on a, on a Friday night down at Sweatshop with the Beat Council and from there just gone on to do some really cool things. I've uh, been drumming with Foley, Harper Finn, he's opened for 660, played down at R&V and we got into that journey, just, just what it's like, what it's like sometimes to drum at some pretty hard places, some pretty dark places and when morally things are conflicted and how, how he moves through that and just that he talks about improvisation and it's just mental state of mind in those areas and, and drumming in those places so it's really really cool to see his mindset behind that and of course I asked him the dumb questions like what happens if you break a snare or lose a drumstick or how does a drum solo work do you just wing it or do you plan it all these things that obviously I wouldn't know because I'm not a drummer but um, yeah, such a rad conversation, legendary dude, good friend, and um, I'm really excited to share this episode with you all with Elijah Watt. Namahi. How are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. <laughs> Look at your cross-legged uh, stance. No, it's not stance when you're sitting. What is it when you're sitting? Satance. <laughs> 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 um, I'm bro. a big believer in the cross-legged sitting down position. I don't know why, but I always thought like it was not manly to cross your legs when you sit down. But now I always do it. It's very gentleman, I think. Yeah. But you've got the knee on top of the knee, whereas I go the ankle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the ankle. ankle across the, the upper thigh region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearing the knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think people listening will um, can relate, maybe or maybe not. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. You're gonna just go back to your normal. I might switch. I've made you self-conscious of your stance now. <laughs> um, bro, how's things been, man? How you? How's the year been? What a year for you, bro! Especially the industry you're in. Yes, it's been a. It's been a a wild ride of a year. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been mostly. Good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because you people that know you know that you're a pretty chill person, but yes. then also, this definitely is the year where stress would have come in for you as a drummer gigging. Mm. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a little. It was quite. Uh, there, it, it was more more the first lockdown that I was more concerned um, because um, I play at mostly bars, so just in every bar struggled a lot and um it got to the point where uh the bar that i play at which is sweatshop had to uh, let go of a lot of staff members um this was before the wage subsidy was introduced so the guy had to let go a whole bunch of people and um he like bar staff and yeah 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 all the like i think it was 80 percent of the bar staff were let go and the the manager um, who owns Sweatshop was, uh, he said it was the worst day of his life. Um, but two days later, he hired them all again. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because when the wage subsidy came through, and uh, 
but it was just it was a lot of confusion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we weren't sure if we were getting our residency back or yeah, it was quite it was quite crazy. Yeah, because residency meaning you're the, the the house like you're the session drummers for that. Oh, drummers, but session band for that bar for that gig on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 uh, we play we're the entertainment every every Friday night from ten till twelve. Uh, Sneaky little shout out there, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on down. Yeah. <laughs> come on down to Switch Up, uh, ten to twelve a.m. What's the address? Uh, <laughs> Switch Up <laughs> Brew Kitchen. <laughs> Across from Vic Park. Yeah, across the road from Victoria Park, adjacent this rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. For you, man, I remember when you cracked that gig and you were stoked. Mm. Um, why, why was this such a big gig for you when you first got it? Well, because as a... Well, two reasons. Uh, as a musician, it's... Uh, it's You don't really know how you're going to make money off music especially in new zealand um we have such a small uh music industry but um yeah you just have no idea how you're gonna do it and i didn't want to just teach um because mo- most people just go into teaching yeah do like a one-year postgrad and then and then and then go into, yeah exactly you end up in a classroom which there's nothing wrong with that but for for me personally i just wanted to I wanted to play with other, play music with other people, and so yeah, I was always a little. I was quite, was, was quite uh, scared as to how everything would turn out. So the fact that um, the opportunity came up to be able to have regular income from playing with some of the best musicians in the country mm. uh, every every week is it was. It was extremely exciting. Yeah. And that when did that come through for you? Like 2016-ish, 17? Because yeah. I remember it was when I was first up in Auckland. Well, earlier on in my Auckland. Yeah. Well, I, I got I got the I got the Facebook message <laughs> <laughs> from Ross Nansen. Shout out to Ross, Ross Nansen. Ross Gate. Um, at about 1 a.m. in the morning or something. Um, and I thought I'd, thought I'd misread it. <laughs> yeah, well, what did it say? Exactly. Or, or it said, um, it said, uh, um, oh, what did he say? He said, um, uh, oh, he said, oh, uh, hey, Oos, uh, mean seeing you the other night. Uh, was wondering if you'd ever consider, um, playing drums at Sweatshop. And I thought, I thought he meant like, uh, like, or just like a couple of gigs that he couldn't make or something. And I was like, yeah, bro. Real keen. He's like, oh, sweet bro, because I'm leaving. So the gig is yours if you want it. And I I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you're kidding me. Like, Did yeah. you try and play it cool? Like, oh, man, like, let me think about it. Or- <laughs> oh, no, I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I just was like. Give yeah. me the gig. Yeah. Pretty much. Because how did he know you? Had, had he seen you as a drummer at, at gigs or through, through um, like, through yeah, through gigs or something like that? Or how did he actually? Well, he he um, he came to something called uh, Open Heaven, mm. which is a ginormous prayer meeting. Um, it's basically, it's, uh, I want to say, hosted by uh, 
is it four, four or five of the biggest churches in Auckland? Eh? Churches in Auckland, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it was the first one, and it was at a um, ANZ. Oh, what was it um, the Waterfront uh, Theatre, which is big, um, and it was about five or six thousand people. Yeah, showed up. That's a lot of people, man. It was it was big for a prayer meeting. <laughs> yes, yes, for a prayer meeting. Yeah, and the first one as well. Uh, it's so uh, since then, it's escalated to um, uh, Victor Arena, and, which was amazing. Mm. But I, I was lucky enough to play the first night in the worst team for that. And uh, it was crack. It was cracking. It was, it was real mean. Um, and then I I met him. Uh, well, actually, no. I'd, I'd I'd met him. I'd met him before, but he came up to me afterwards and was like, "Oh yeah, that was really awesome." And um, the story goes that he was uh, worshiping the Lord, and and the Lord spoke to him and said, "That's the guy that's gonna that's gonna be the drum for Switch." Fire out. Yeah. So he tells me, yeah. So it was pretty. Pretty amazing, yeah, yeah. You, you must have been like, yeah, I think the Lord, yeah, he definitely yeah, yeah, told no, you no, that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, that one sits right with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I actually stopped playing the drums and just came around and whispered in your ear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro, man of many talents. <laughs> um, and tell me about that first gig, bro. That switch up your because for people that don't know, I've been to this gig before mm. a couple times, and it's mean. Like it's full of people pumping some of them maybe not in their right mind state of mind put it that way mm-hmm. but still appreciating the music and yes. the throwbacks yes um covers and stuff um tell me about that because you've probably been and watched before but actually you first time gigging up there what was that like that night um it was uh it was pretty i was quite nervous yeah i was very nervous i had spent um i had spent about um three weeks just in a um, in a practice room, uh, just grinding grinding through the set and playing along. Uh, they they recorded a, a set a previous set for me to listen to, mm. and so I just practiced along to that for, um, yeah, for like three weeks straight. And uh, and yeah, when when I finally when I finally got there, I st- I still I there was still like one part of the set that I wasn't a hundred percent like sure of and that was the reggae part of it oh no um so i was like still listening to the to the set in the car before i went and and played (laughs) but um so go about leaving it last minute mate yeah i'm i'd like to think i'm pretty okay at that um (laughs) but yeah we went in uh i went in with my parents because they wanted to see it and um it went really well it was unlike anything i'd ever done before yeah it was pretty it was mm. pretty amazing and i i remember it real clearly because um yeah i was i i i, I don't like to talk myself up but i i was like nailing it mm. and i was like real stoked I was like, yes mm. thank goodness and then came to the last part of the set which was back then was the hardest because it was like lots of lots of tricky bits technical um, yeah quite technical and so Ross was like, "Hey, bro, I'll um, I'll jump up for uh, and, and play, and you can you can just you can um, uh, just chill if you want." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, all good." And uh, he, so yeah, we quickly swapped over for the like last, I think it was ten or fifteen minutes. And then I, and then I had something I, in my mind. I was like, "Man, you practiced that last bit like heaps. You should 
you know, just quickly ask if you can, if you can just, uh, if, if you can hop back on. And so I was like, oh, hey, bro, is, is it all good if I play the the next bit? And he was like, yeah, sure, all good. Yeah. And so, so we swapped back over, and then I and uh, the outro back then used to be Uptown Funk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had like a thousand <laughs> stabs and hits yeah. and weird, weird musical elements to it, which are super awesome because those guys are real talented. Yeah. Um, and I, I nailed it, and he. We finished and he came up to me. He's like, bro, I'm Come so on, proud man. of you, Miles. <laughs> like, you, I, you practiced the crap out of that. I, you know, good on you, bro. So, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a mean night. Yeah, for sure. You said something just before and you said that you, like, you, well, you said it a couple of times how you nailed it and you felt good about it. Mm. What is, how, did, how do you know that? How do you know when you've nailed it? Because here's the thing. A lot of people will watch, not just you drum, but watch people drum or, mm. or play Gat or whatever and will think, man, they nailed it. I think I was listening to a podcast somewhere where I was actually Matthew McConaughey, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The man. My guy. My and he guy. goes, no one knows if you've nailed it but you. You yep, know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And people will come up to you and say, oh, you killed it. You hit it out of the park. But you, you'd know if you could have done better. Yeah. What What is it for you that you know you've nailed a performance up there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... Because um... I could tell you, you nailed it every time. But I, you're probably thinking, Brett, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have uh... no idea how many mistakes I've made. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a funny one. Uh, it's um a lot of it is to do with your your um your mindset, I think, because um if you're if you're na- if you come out of a gig and you're like like wow, I just I really was feeling feeling the music and and um and it just felt so good being on stage. I think. And you come off feeling like that, then I think that's when you know you've nailed it. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's like a sixty to forty ratio of um, like sixty percent in your mind and forty percent like nailing all the parts musically. I think that's my opinion. Mm. Um, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the audience will have no idea. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all about how how it feels. And you'll you'll ask heaps of musicians, and they'll all say the same thing. It's like it's all about how it feels. Like if it feels good, if everyone's in the pocket, you know, if everyone's is like on the same wavelength, then everyone will come out of that and they'll be like, oh, mm. "We nailed that." Yeah, yeah. And that sure. and that must be interesting. Like, I mean, I know for me, from a sports perspective, you mm. practice however many things, but. In the moment, mm. say you've practiced a move or you've practiced a play or whatever, yeah. you always have that room to, it's like, oh, I don't know, spontaneous, just moments of spontaneous, spontaneity. Oh, For you, you practice, but I can imagine that 99% of the time what you practice in your drum room has is not the same as yeah. well, exactly, you know, what you did up on stage because you'll feel it in that moment, right? And you're like, I'm going to hit that snare. I'm going to do this fill or, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's... um. I mean that's the best part about it is um is uh that element of uh uh improvisation um that element of risk of risk taking is like that's the best part of uh playing music for me is uh just like taking a risk and it pulling it and and pulling it off really well is my is that is my mm. all time favorite thing about music yeah for sure and what happens when it doesn't come off 
Is it is um, it kind of like you save yourself, or how do you like? Yeah, yeah. You can. I mean, if you if you have been if you've been in the game a, a while, you can save yourself. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you can just laugh about us. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I like the great thing about the New Zealand music musicians. Uh, uh, yeah, the great thing about New Zealand musicians is that we're all we're all there to have a laugh at, at the end yeah. of the day. We're all there to have a good time, and so. Um, if you if you stuff up, you know nine times out of ten, like the band will laugh with you, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to think, anyways. But, I mean, it's <laughs> keep a pen- telling yourself that. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it yeah, it does depend on the gig, but like, I mean, all the guys I play with, you know, if you make a mistake, you laugh about it and you move up, you move on. Otherwise, if you if you make a mistake and uh, you you get real disappointed. And if you get in your head, you miss what's happening now, right? Yeah, it's going back to the whole mindset thing. Yeah, mm. bro, I've even seen you drum before, and I've seen, <laughs> I think it might have been at church or something. You were drumming, and you—I don't know how you did it, but you lost your stick. And I, you know, I know you've done it loads of times, but yeah. I just remember this—you've told me about it before, and I'd never seen it happen until this one time. It was recently, actually, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I saw you. Like, I don't know what you were doing, but you were like still drumming, reaching for your spare drumstick, and then you kept going. <laughs> yeah that's that's m- m- yeah um most gigs i'll drop a stick it'll, uh, yeah i'll at least drop one stick or i'll break a stick yeah and because <laughs> you have what how many spears do you have right in front of you hopefully at least one <laughs> <laughs> hold on guys i just lost my stick <laughs> yeah man i yeah sometimes i've um there's been a couple of only only two or three times where I've gone up with only two drumsticks and totally forgot to take in a spare. Oh. Um, and like when you've been playing the drums for long enough, you can tell when the stick is about to break. When it's weak, yeah. When it's really weak, especially if you do something called rim shots, which I do a lot because I, I like the sound. Uh, rim shots is where you hit the side of the drum yeah. and the center of the drum at the same time. And it sounds really loud and cool. Yeah. Um, but it, what happens is, is that the middle of your stick starts to um, get thinner and thinner and thinner and more brittle, um, oh, and no. so you can start to feel it give way. It starts to it doesn't bounce as nice as yeah. a, as a, as, a, as um, a new stick would. And so when that when that happens and you and you've forgotten your spear, it's uh, you play a, a little bit more carefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You mellow it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't ima- I can't imagine what you do. What if, what happens if you break your kick drum? Have you done that? Oh, the he- like the skin. Of yeah, the- yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can't really just fix it there and there, can you? No, but I think out of all, no. Let me take that back. I think it's um it's not as bad a drum uh not as bad a skin. Oh, what am I saying? It's not to a- break. Yeah, it's not it's not that it's not that bad because what happens is. You can you can just turn the bass drum around, oh, and then just put the put the pedal back in. And because you've put a hole through the skin, you just put the mic closer to where the where it's split, and so oh. it works out pretty good. But the worst one is the snare, because um, the snare drum is like the main. For those who don't know, the snare drum is like the pretty the, much the main yeah. drum. Yeah, the one that you clap with, basically. Mm-hmm. That's how I've described. described well, people. people that can clap and, and beat. Yes. There are people, believe it or not, who can't. And I think I'm sitting opposite one. No. no. <laughs> but I've learned over my I've learned over time. It's funny, like, even me, 
yeah. musically what I've learned just from like church stuff and being mates with you and Jordan, these kind of guys, mm. where like now I know what a wash is or a, yeah. I know the symbols for bridge and or whatever, you know. Because what I didn't know and what people might not know as mm. a musician, people that probably do know this and I'm just an idiot. But like you guys all have your in ears, yeah, and you got clicks happening. But you got an MD, a music director, who's telling you where you're going to go next. And yeah. I always just thought, wow, man, musicians are so good at just knowing what each other are about to do next. Mm, yeah, yeah. But actually, no, you guys are all talking, talking to each other in your ears, and like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, well, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, in in church here, we have a we have a music director, which is, um, I think a necessity. Yeah. You can, we, I mean, I, I, when I first started playing at church, we, we didn't have an MD. Um, it's sort of been, I think it's probably been, uh, we've had, we've been using an MD for maybe eight years, eight or nine years now. So when I first joined, there wasn't one, but. But when you're touring with people now, mm. like the people you're gigging with, is there an MD? Nah, not usually. Huh. Um, again, it depends on the gig, but the, the touring I do, there's usually, usually no MD. Um. Mm. Just because, um, the the gig the gigs that I tour with, uh, usually the arrangements are so tight that you don't you don't need one. Yeah, yeah. Um, because everyone is on the same page, or it's such a organic, um, such an organic uh, setting that you can you can just flow with whatever. So, bands like Foley that I, I play with a band called Foley, um, you might have heard of heard on the radio, um. Mm. So all of this, all of the arrangements are really tight, and we rehearse um, quite heavily for like a week before the gig or tour, and so that that's all good. We we just play play as is, and then for someone like uh, Troy Kingy, who you also might have heard of, um, there's elements to the set where uh, sections can uh, expand or or get shorter, or it's uh, and it's just all about using your, your tarringers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and your eyes, and um, yeah. So it's quite yeah, because cool. you can't. It's not just like rocking up to something and and just doing what you know how what to do. Like mm. it's you've got to very much be present and aware of what's happening all oh, around you. Hundred you know? percent. It's um, I think the 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 best piece of advice that I ever got was is to just really like listen. As, as hard as you can just to doesn't matter what music you're playing but just listen as hard as you can because um that's just the the best tool you you can you can have as a, as a musician is to, is to listen to each other mm. yeah well even you as a musician like some would say <laughs> that you came out of the womb drumming <laughs> some say <laughs> um because like i know you i know you you don't like talking yourself up, but you know you're one of the one of the better drummers we've got here in New Zealand. For you, how did you even get into it? I mean, did you? I know you went to TGS. Yes, Takapuna Grammar, mm-hmm. and it just they just breed musicians there. They do, yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, popular, a lot of uh, popular musicians have come out of Takapuna Grammar. Yeah, you were fr- not friends with, but you knew Lord, like Lord when she was at school, right? I like knew of her. I knew of her, and I, and yeah, we we'd see each other in passing at school sometimes. But I was more, uh, I was in a band with his sister. Um, oh, oh, I uh, think yeah, you remember India. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We we were in a, like a little rock band. 
Oh, Karanka. Yeah, which was which was. So Lourdes is older than you. Lourdes one year older than me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's still young then. She's twenty four. Very young. Right? Yeah, she's she's still got a big career. In front of her. <sighs> I reckon. Going, yeah. So, bro, for you, did you start at TGS or where did you start? Your where did you where did drumming come into the picture? Uh, I started uh, when I was nine. When I was nine years old, um, yeah. and I was all I always loved music. Um, I, I, lo- I loved it so much because um, my dad is not a musician by any any means <laughs> at all. <laughs> he, he is that guy we we're talking about earlier that can't clap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, he he plays a mean steering wheel. Like he's, <laughs> he's a really good he's really good at playing the steering wheel on the car for sure. <laughs> Just ask anyone, he, he he's he's great. Um, but my my dad loves music. He's a he's a huge huge music fan. Um, and has been to heaps of concerts in his time, and, and he knows he knows his onions when it comes to. He knows music. his onions, man. He knows how to peel them, chop oh, them, absolutely, dice them, dice them, fry them, shallots, put it in a stew. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he 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 turned me on to bands like uh uh U two was a huge one for me, and, and still is. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Um, who else? Uh, Joe Cocker. Uh, Hello Sailor, the dudes, and yeah, lots of like lots of Kiwi bands, bangers, bangers, a lot of just like fantastic international acts. But I, I, I originally wanted to start drumming not because of Led Zeppelin, but because of uh, because of U two. I saw um, we, I used to come home from school every day, and he'd have a U two DVD or VHS playing, and I'd hear it from the top. Like the of live my, concerts, yeah, live concerts. And and I could hear it, hear that crap from the top of my street. <laughs> Dad's on the TV again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just sprint down the the driveway, and um, and I'd always I'd always look at the drummer, and I remember um, being really enticed by the uh, drum beat of a song called Sunday Bloody Sunday. Which, oh, yeah. which you might know. Um, I, I would I would sing it. I can beatbox it right now if you want. Yeah, go on. That song. What a song, bro. Yeah. And then and uh and I immediately wanted to play the drums after that. And uh <laughs> yeah. yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Right, the rest is history. And did you have a teacher or did you kind of wing it? Like YouTube oh YouTube I suppose didn't really back in those days. I was actually telling my class this recently, bro, because they were surprised that we used to put a movie, a, a YouTube video on at 8 a.m. and it'll be ready by four when you go home from school. <laughs> I suppose in, in Fong Matai. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's called buffering. Uh, buffering. <laughs> buffering. But yeah, so you didn't really have YouTube tutorials to teach you, right? Are you you had a, like a teacher or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I had I had a teacher for my um, formative drumming years. Um, his name was Ollie. Um, who was a great drummer? I haven't I haven't seen him s- since, but he, he's a great drummer. And then I had someone called Ty Boniface, who I still see around at gigs. Uh, and then, and then I had someone called Pete Warren, who uh, used to play for uh, bands like um, uh, he used to play with people like Dave Dobbin. Oh yeah, yeah. and um, 
Dave Dobbin, let's just, can we just say, what a legend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Dave Dobbin. The man, I see he's opening for some 660 concerts and I'm like, coming up. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, that's the one I want to go to. Yeah, I, yeah I, I am very much the same. But I'm just trying to remember, there was, um, he was in uh, Dave Dobbin that was, he was in The Dudes and then he was in another one. Do you know who I'm Crowded House? No, not Crowded no. House. Um, it'll come back to me, but he's played with a lot of, a lot of uh, well-known New Zealand bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then he went to Europe and did a lot of like drum and bass alternative stuff and and like in like Eastern Europe like real crazy music yeah, Scandinavia yeah yeah <laughs> he played in a band called uh, get this bro he played in a band called Discipline of Cashmere <laughs> bro if you if you guys are listening to this and you want to hear some crazy music check out that band <laughs> honestly it's some of the coolest drumming. Oh really? Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing. I was about to say, is that why his career went from there to teaching, <laughs> teaching kids? <laughs> yeah, but I had him in the and then. Um, How'd you link up with him? Uh, he he did like a demo at at school. Oh man. Um, yeah, and uh, and I was like, oh, gotta get gotta get this guy. And then after that, I I was just self taught, and then went to uni, and then got taught by a guy called um, Ron Sampson. Uh, and that time uh, was I spent with. Ron was uh, priceless. Yeah, he's 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 amazing. But I've learned from heaps of people along the way. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think, and you'll never stop learning. Eh? Like, I mean, I know when you rocked up here today, yeah. you were saying that, um, you know, oh, what, what have you been up to today? It's almost every time I ask you, oh, blah blah blah, this and that. Drummed for a few hours, but like you were drumming for however many hours, almost every day, mm. um, and honing in your craft. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You, do you think you'll ever? get to a point where you feel like you're fully satisfied with what you are doing i mean that's probably a dumb question but i no no it's a, it's a good question i get i get that a lot but um no nah. yeah. simple simple answers no I'll, I'll never i'll never be fully happy with where i am i'm not happy with it i'm nowhere near as i'm nowhere near happy with where i am at the moment uh i just want to yeah i've got so many so much things uh, so many things i want to learn um mm. yeah my yeah, no. There's so many amazing drummers in in this country who who I go and see play, and I I, I learn so much mm. from just watching them. So yeah, I know there's there's still lots to learn. Yeah, uh, that's the whole the whole fun of being a musician is still is just keep keeping learning. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, just learning. keep learning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's with anything. Like as a sportsman, a teacher, an mm. engineer. The moment you stop learning, is like. The moment you're ready, it's time for something new. You know what I mean? Exactly. But um, for you though, I mean, you say you're not happy with where you are, really. But I mean, at the moment, fast forward to now. I mean, you're with the Friday night with um, Switch Up, the band there. Yeah. But also, you know, you're doing things with Troy Kingy at the moment. You're doing yeah. things with Foley, mm. Harper Finn as well. Yeah, Harper. Yeah. Um, and bro, I mean, even recently, I don't know if you're on the lineup this year. You probably are. But you've been gigging down at R and V. Yeah, R and V. You know, the biggest music festival down well down under probably the bigger ones in australia but it's, in new zealand it's definitely the biggest uh new year's eve festival 100 percent. yeah that's mm. um i don't want to say any wrong figures but i want to say it's about 30,000 30 or 40,000 yeah. people. yeah that's yeah, huge bro yeah. how's it how is it playing at like festivals like that it's um it's um it's a it's amazing it's a great it's a great buzz um i i really like playing at those festivals I'm not a huge. I'm not. I'm not a. As not. I'm not as invested into going to those festivals. Um, 
as a, as a, as amazing and well run as RMV is, like it's, I, I'd rather be there than any other festival, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I think for me personally, I, I, I way more enjoy the um, the playing part than the than the participating. Having said that, though, the last RMV I went to was it was really really awesome, and I, I had had a great time watching. Um, a lot of a lot of acts that I wanted to see, and a lot of acts I didn't know I wanted to see. Like, mm. saw a guy and um, some some of the boys who I went will, will laugh, but I, I saw I saw this guy called Andy C, he's, oh, yeah. and he's like a drum and bass DJ. Yeah, and uh, all all um, all the boys, uh, shout out to Carl Svensson, was like, bro, I don't think you're gonna like this guy. This is like this guy is just dirty drum and bass music. <laughs> yeah. And so I was kind of bracing myself. I was like, well, you know, everyone's here. And I'm not, you know, I watch no, anyways. For it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Might see some funny scenarios in the crowd, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. And um, I, I, he came out and I, I was just blown away. <laughs> I like literally, I thought, I thought he was amazing. Like, I, I thought he was so cool. And just all the, all the beats um, that he was playing because I'm a big fan of the, the drums and, and the drums and drum and bass. Yeah. Uh, Go figure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was just, I was, I was enjoying it a lot. And then suddenly this vocalist came out and just started freestyling over this drum and bass music. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And everyone was like, bro, you're not going to like this. And I, I, that was my favorite thing. Don't ever sell me short like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. And I, I, I asked the boys, I was like, is he coming back this year? But obviously he's, he's based in London. So there's absolutely no possibility that he'll yeah. be at RMV. But, um that's funny yeah eh? shout out to andy c yeah, yeah, there you go quality drum and bass yeah funny eh? funny what you do, just don't know will connect with you until you see it mm. like i wonder if that experience with andy c would be the same if you just heard it on spotify yeah 100%. probably not yeah 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 you know for sure for sure yeah i think um i think i'm a big believer in live music so i I'd, I'd agree that i probably wouldn't connect with his music um in uh in recorded form as much as I did because um, mm. there's something about the world of live music that just is incredible like I was talking to Kaylee Bell who's the country um, musician mm, yeah, and she yeah. was on this season previous cool and um, and she was saying the same thing like going to Nashville where she's doing country yeah like you hear country on the radio right and I remember like if I hear country on the radio well up until now actually up since that I watched oh, watched since I recorded that podcast with her, my mind's changed a bit but in the past if I heard country on the radio or anyway I just skip right yeah, yeah but then bro I went to a hoedown bluegrass hoedown live wow yeah yeah unbelievable yeah I've been to many raves but that has been my favourite rave three old guys one of them had a, a banjo nice the other one had what's the big tall one the oh, double bass double bass yeah. and then oh, whatever the other guy had and it was just <laughs> I hope that gets caught in the in the recording. Oh, this. Oh, <laughs> That is the best ringtone yes. ever. I pop. Sorry, Brad. Oh, that's just rude of me. I should have put it on silent. <laughs> Wait, that. That's we're gonna keep that in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, bro. The Bluegrass Hoedown was one of the best live things I'd ever been to, and it changed my perception of live music. Anyway, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, country uh, music. Uh, bluegrass is actually ex- like can be extremely um, technical as, as well um, to play. Mm. Um, 
a lot of guitarists that I know who are who are in the jazz world are constantly uh, like digging deeper and deeper into country music because it's actually it's quite it's quite technical on the guitar. Um, mm. And it, it's uh, no, it's actually it's really beautiful music. I, I can see why he enjoyed it so much because I, I I definitely enjoy it a lot as well. Because I think when everyone thinks of country, they think of, you know, like yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. But it's not actually like that. Like it's, well, I mean, it is a little bit. Yeah. But um, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's fantastic music. Yeah, for sure. You went through jazz school, mm. um, and so because I mean, if I was not aware of what I am now aware of in terms yeah. of drumming and just musicianship, but I would have thought if you were a drummer, your biggest desire would be to play for like the red hot chili peppers or metallica or led zeppelin which would all be like amazing mm. but i mean i've heard you say being a jazz drummer even though you can do anything but like a jazz musician mm. there's something really cool about that why why jazz why was that the stream you kind of you took and why is it why is it so cool um yeah great question by the way brad great question well, thank you yeah 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 yeah, yeah mate. Um, pay later. <laughs> i think coming because I I was a huge metalhead, like I, I huge. I was big. I mean, Brad's known me for years, <laughs> um, and I was I was huge into into heavy music, um, until about uh, year year my last year of high school, and then I started getting into uh, fusion music, and then and then jazz, and so I um, the reason why I chose it was because I knew that in order to you know be like my heroes um my heroes um in this country being people like Stephen thomas adam tobeck uh darren mathias and john osoya the list goes on um but the reason why i wanted to go to jazz school is because those guys not they had all gone to jazz school as well and that that was that was the the level I want. I still want to get get to is, is to be like those guys. And so I I really wanted to go to jazz school to basically just get get the foundations to go to to the next step essentially. But again, the going back to uh, we were talking about um, improvisation and and the element the element of risk taking. Um, that's if I if there, if there's one word that's is synonym, synonymous am I am I saying that right? That's perfect. Thank you, thank you. Um, if there's one word that's synonymous with jazz, that is uh, that word would be improvisation, hundred percent. And um, you can ask any any drummer. There is no, there is nothing quite like making stuff up on the spot. Yeah. And 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 and. and for the goal for it to be musical there's there's just like nothing quite like it mm-hmm. and that that um as i went through jazz school i found that that is why i i enjoy jazz or just improvised music so much because um creating stuff on the spot is is, is a fantastic feeling yeah yeah is that because the you must have moments when you're like sure that was that was tight Oh, and there yeah, must have yeah. been moments where it's like, huh? I'm oh. not going to do that again. Absolutely. And you've got a you've got a hundred percent, hundred percent. That's every gig. <laughs> um, but that's that is the joy. That is um, you've got to. For me, I have learned to enjoy sort of both 
both sides of 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 um of of um of jazz which is you know that's risk isn't it it's like sometimes it pays off sometimes it's oh whoopsie daisy <laughs> um and that's fun you know that, that is fun um making mistakes is is, is fun it yeah it can be fun yeah. well you, if you don't make them you don't learn right exactly yeah 100 percent. like my kids at school sometimes are so scared to make a mistake that mm. they won't even try something you know Ex- yeah 100 percent. and i bet you there's people me is me included but people like listening or people you know everybody mm. has moments like that where you don't want to try something new or try something risky because um you could fail yeah yeah 100 percent. do you think that you had ways of overcoming that in the sense of in your drumming yeah uh definitely um and for me that was um i have this i i need to get back into um, this habit but i i i had a habit of asking my my tutors and also my um, my employers people who who hire me for gigs I got into the habit of asking them for feedback after every gig or after every performance or after every um, exam or whatever. I, I got into the habit of, of asking them for feedback. Um, and that really that really helped me overcome uh, sort of um, being hes- hesitant to try new things. Yeah, For me... Getting over the fear of of um, of trying new things, I I I just asked I asked people I asked people for feedback, and that helped a whole bunch. Yeah, because I mean that's one of the areas of life that you get real scared to do. Mm. Like I used to hate asking people for feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially as a teacher, when you get observed. But now I love it. I'm the same as you. I love getting feedback. Yeah. I remember I had one time I had a, a placement, bro. Where I was like, can you get any feedback for me? And like, obviously, there was stuff I needed to work on. Yeah. But she must have been just been nice. She was like, no, like honestly, it's all really good. Blah, 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 blah. And she gave me no like practical takeaways. Mm. And that's why, bro, I reckon for you as well, you must like I talk about it in the sense of people giving people permission to speak into what you do. Like, yeah. if I asked any old any old Jack, any yeah. old Larry about the podcast and some feedback. Um, I actually won't value that as much as someone that I know maybe listens to podcasts or someone that, you know, so right. being careful with who you allow to speak in. Totally, totally, yeah. But at the same time, sometimes you need feedback from people that you know are going to give you the right feedback. Because oh, if you ask me for feedback on your drumming, yeah. every time I'm going to say, you know, well, you need to be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Bro, I mean, you hit the snare too hard. No, yeah. I would say it's mean. Bro, that was awesome. Yeah. But you'd know, I don't really know. Yeah, no, you've you've nailed it on the head. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's the people you ask, absolutely, hundred percent. And and um, I always and the tutors are there. That when I ask the tutors for feedback, I mean they're there to help you. They're there to give you feedback. So I I knew that I was going to get a hundred percent honest feedback. Mm. And uh, and it was the same with people I gigged with. Like I and I, but I'd always I'd always say stuff like, just give it to like oh well. I'd be like, yeah, um, you know, like, you got any feedback for me? Like, anything I can improve on? And and I'd be like, you know, just anything. Like, be honest, like, 100%. Yeah. And then, and you know, uh, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for the things that they've uh, 
imparted into my into my drumming life here. Okay. Here. Here. Okay. Impartation. Okay. Give it your give it your press. Okay. <laughs> right. I I want to move on from drumming in a second because cool. there's more to you than that. But one last thing I want to I want I've always wanted to know actually. Mm. Like I know you do it just before drop it like it's hot on a Friday night. Yes. Um but just drum solos, right? Yes. Do you wing that in the moment or have you practiced the solo? I wing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I I I uh yeah. No, I that's uh that's um that's a uh, that's improvised. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. but I I mean it's um it's all ideas that I've worked on at home. Mm. So, it's all things that I I practice at home, but um how it comes out live is just a a, a culmination of of uh of those ideas and mm. and, and just orchestrating them differently around the drums yeah and just whatever feels good in the moment yeah so it's it's all it's all improvised yeah but i've I've practiced the element the the um the building blocks of it the building blocks yeah Yeah, it's cool man and i think i think one of the things about gigging for you i mean you're at people might not even know this about you most people probably would but you're a church drummer as well yes drumming at church and stuff i think I know I could be wrong, but I mean, I have heard you say, talk about this in the past, but for you going into some environments as a drummer, mm. some places, yeah, some gigs, yes, and then you've got like this moral compass on the inside that might be a, a bit different to what you're playing at. And I know you're the least judgmental person I know, mm. but for you, does do you find it hard when you're in this environment that's so opposite to what you kind of want to be a part of? Yeah. It, uh, it is it is a struggle um i'm i'm lucky that we that uh a lot of the places that i go i'll have people looking out for me um i honestly i i pray uh i i i i get into a habit of praying before every gig um just in the car there or or maybe while i'm sitting on the throne and we've got a couple of minutes to we're about to play then i'll usually just uh throne is in the drums Yes, yes, yeah. I thought yeah. you meant the toilet. Oh no! Well, that sometimes that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that because that's one throne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. I go, I go some pretty dark places, and um, uh, you know, I've I've said it before, but it doesn't matter how um, how firm you are in your faith, you still have to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've walked into into toilets, and you know, people are, are sniffing things <laughs> in there you know <laughs> we won't be specific because i think people can uh <laughs> can yeah. understand but that does come across as dodgy right yeah yeah oh, it's, it's incredibly dodgy yeah yeah i remember the first time i saw something like that i was like i just turned 18 and i was allowed to start gigging in bars and i walked into the bathroom and some guy asked me if i wanted some of that stuff and i was like no no thank you yeah, yeah. so it's it's all about um yeah you just got to be you you got to be careful. You can't, don't ever um, just assume because um, you go to church and, and you know that God is good, that uh, you're going to, you're going to just walk through those places, you know, uh, scratch free, you know? So you, you got to, you got to be really careful. Yeah. Mm. But at the same time, you as a drummer and you doing what you do, mm. um, you're almost giving glory to God, aren't you? I'd like in to those think environments. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like to think so. I've had some pretty amazing things happen in, in, uh, in those places, 
Um, I remember one time I was uh, I this might be a couple this was probably a couple of years ago uh, at Sweatshop I just finished and um, I was just wandering wandering through the crowd to get to my free pizzas you know priorities love it yes 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 um, and uh, this guy stopped me um, and was like oh Mahoso that was amazing and he he was he was quite intoxicated. <laughs> um <laughs> and he was like he's like bro when i see you play the drums i see god <laughs> and i was like i was like that's pretty crazy that's yeah, pretty yeah, cool yeah. you know like yeah yeah like he's like bro i see i see god when you when you play like it i was like wow you know that's quite cool you know take that take that how you will but i for me i thought that was really um Quite, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. He didn't say that to anyone else, you know. He said that to the, the <laughs> next thing. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a text from one of the boys after listening to this. Yeah. Bro, that same guy said that to me. Yeah, on yeah. the keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just get a text from the keys player. Sup, God. <laughs> <laughs> Change contact name. Yeah. <laughs> um, bro, something that like the funny thing, like we are really good mates and even over the last couple of years we've really clicked on so many things and what music actually has been one of them really like we do yeah, no it's true but yeah. and this is what a lot of people don't know about you bro is mm. that as much as you are elijah the drummer yes and that's how people will see you mm-hmm. but there's so much more to you than that well thank you um i can't really think of what it is right now but Saturday, <laughs> 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 yeah. you know, stitch up it seemed to have slipped my mind nicely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, um, lots to you. Like, I mean, I'm when I first met you, you were a skater boy. I was. And I <laughs> said, see you later, boy. No, sorry. <laughs> but people would not have guessed that, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember my first time I met you, you were in a, um, oh, I was like a rasta beanie. Yes. Yep. Had your jeans on. You were judging a skate comp. <laughs> and you've just started kind of skidding into skating a little bit again, eh? Yeah. I, I need a bit of fitness in my life. So I've started, I've started hopping on the board again, which is... Uh, could I, be could be bad, but I'm 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 careful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have got Do you got insurance on these puppies, bro? Apparently, I should do that. But uh, can you do that? You can insurance on your hands. Yeah. I mean, you hear people insuring parts of their bodies all the time. Like, I won't go into details, but <laughs> I, I I think you can imagine what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I probably should get um probably get your face insured. I reckon. You reckon? Yeah. My my dad would probably think I should get my nose in short. <laughs> hey, that's when you say after you, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but bro, one of the coolest things is you are a movie buff. I do enjoy my films. Yes, bro. Yeah. That, that's just putting it lightly. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go with Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Why? Because okay. Hear me out to anyone that's just uh, that's just cried a little bit. <laughs> um, all three Lord of the Rings films are amazing. Even if you're not a fan of the whole, you know, like uh, knights and goblins and and uh, and wizards and, and stuff like that, everyone can appreciate how amazing a world. Middle Earth is, and for those of you who don't know, Middle Earth is, is the is the setting for the Lord of the Rings films. The the world building is incredible. The characters, I mean, don't get me started on the characters. I mean, Aragorn is quite possibly the the greatest protagonist of all time, mm. 
and uh are they just so consistent like my favorite lord of the rings film changes all the time like they're just they're all great yeah and then and then the amount how many times you watch them through like 10 more oh probably yeah yeah i'd say i'd say i'd say 10 times yeah but you're like me i could watch a film over and over and over again you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean lord of the rings is one of the the greatest um franchises ever made i i mean in my opinion um but star wars is right up there yeah absolutely 100 percent. but you like what you say like I mean, you loved bloody Blade Runner twenty. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Now I've swung between liking it and not liking it, and liking it and not liking it. <laughs> Let's but not like, go there. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. But I mean, I mean, I've probably some of the greatest movies I've ever watched is at your recommendation. <clears throat> but for you, do you think it goes? And I actually think it does. And I actually want to uncover where this comes from. Right. Because I think it ties in with something else. If that that sounds real elusive and mysterious. Oh, go go please. Um. I just need your credit card number. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you don't just watch movies for enjoyment. I Mm. feel like there's something deeper than that for you. Yeah. It's almost like an escape, like a place you can just escape and enjoy, like a world. Like it's like, because I'm the same. Mm. Like I feel like I become a part of what I watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it's it's just, uh, it's music, music, music. Uh, all the time, whether I'm t- teaching it or, or playing it live, or recording it or whatever, it's 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 always happening. And so for me, uh, a, a great escape, no pun intended. That's a great film. Um, great film. Yeah, as um, is as yeah, as films. Um, and I just love the fact that for an hour and a half to two hours or in law the rings case three hours three and a half hours yeah yeah yeah. i can i can be invested in that world for uh that time and nothing else really matters at that point so yeah no 100 percent. yeah yeah it's a it's definitely a fantastic escape yeah i'm just doing this for the fans bro Mm -hmm. favorite batman villain oh a hundred percent bane now, <laughs> you're giving me the nod, yeah, which means you want me to try do an impersonation of Bane, <laughs> and my Bane is terrible, but I'm going to do it anyways. I think it's great. What quote do you want me to say? Just anything? Oh, both. The one you always do. <laughs> okay, can I get you to say? Can I get you to say? Um, so, what's the next step of your master plan? And say it like you've got some intensity. We're directing a scene, guys. Yeah. Just a second. And what's the next step of your master plan? Crash this plane with no survivors. <laughs> Bro, he is a, he's an unreal villain. Yeah. You changed my mind about him because I was all Joker until yeah. that. Like, we can, I think everyone can all agree that Joker is technically a better villain. But for me, Bane is my favorite. Yeah. 100%. I just, I, Tom Hardy. Hats off to you, man. You absolutely nailed <laughs> that character. Yeah. I love and I love that because um yeah. Not don't go for the flow what everyone else thinks, mate. Yeah. I yeah. want Bane. I Abs- love Bane. Yeah, I want a I want a Bane um I want a Bane spin off. Actually no, I don't want a Bane spin off. <laughs> <laughs> I do want a Robin spin off or a Nightwing spin off. I do want that. Um and I, I know people like probably listening to this right now are like, What has this got to do with the journey? What has this got to do with 
the whole theme of your podcast today for this one. Right. But it's a big part of who you are, bro. And it's a big part of your makeup is you are a goofy, crack up, laid back, chill dude. Mm. Um, and I just love that movies are such a big part of that for you. Yeah. Um, it's been a big part of how we've kind of formed friendship and stuff. Totally. totally. Um, but I mean, even like when I think of movies and I think of um, film and I think of all that stuff, you are looking at it from like the things you point out like oh that score is awesome yeah oh, look at that filmography or cinematography whatever it's called like you yeah. see more than that you know yeah i think i i enjoy because i am a, a creative person and you know going back to improvising improvising is a form of, of creative expression you know it's on the spot mm. but it's, it's a creative expression it's the same for writing music but the thing about f- films is that it's a, uh, it's um, it's it's creating on such a, a mass scale. There's nothing else where in the world where you're matching images with music and dialogue. You know, it's 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 um, it's pretty insane, and I think I I appreciate it a lot. I'd never ever be a director, or a producer, or or an actor, but I I I appreciate it so much because it's such a ginormous um project you know mm. um making a film is is huge like it's uh it's a lot of money goes into it you know and a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of talent and a lot of skill goes into m- in making a film and i think i just find it so uh impressive i think mm. yeah and it's funny because you you dive deep into film like that and you articulate it like that Mm. But then, like, and so am I. But I didn't just articulate film like that. <laughs> but I mean, you're a Jim Carrey fan. I. How do you reconcile that fact, bro? <laughs> I have absolutely no shame in in admitting that Jim Carrey is one of my favorite comedians, if not my favorite comedian. <laughs> I I adore that guy. You know, like, oh my gosh, bro. My dad hates him. Bro, adults don't like him. My <laughs> dad doesn't like him. Uh, my partner Meg, her mum despises that jim carrey uh, so i i save all my jim carrey references for outside of the uh, mccann household <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but oh he's he can he can contort his face <laughs> so well like like one second he's jim carrey and then he'll just like crunch his face and then he'll become jack nicholson <laughs> yeah or yeah. or he'll become al pacino yeah or robert de niro and you're like what the heck? And 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 the things he comes up with, I don't understand. I I out of all the comedians, I one hundred percent relate to Jim Carrey the most. Like, even just before we recorded this session, you showed me that video of him <laughs> where he's t- accepting an award for like I don't know, is it two thousand and six or something? Oh, bro, it was really that. MTV it's, awards. It's or like nineteen ninety four. Is it? Yeah. And then he's accepting this award, and then he couldn't make it. It's because he's, and then they, he couldn't make it in person for some reason. And they snapped live to a, a video of Jim Carrey, and he's like, I couldn't. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's dressed in like a winter jacket, like a like he's going to the North Pole, and he puts on this face like he's been like oh this voice half frozen, rather. eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This face like he's half frozen. This voice like he's he he hasn't talked to someone in like three years, and it is the funniest thing ever and he, oh i implore you check it out i i think it's um jim carrey uh mtv 
uh, uh, MTV, uh, what is it? Acceptance MTV speech. Choice Awards uh, acceptance speech. It's oh, it's priceless. It's so funny. Oh, bro, that does sound hilarious. Yeah, that's a, that's good. If you had to leave us with three of your top pick movies, mm-hmm. and and the reason I'm asking you to do this is because you've done this for me, and they've been a part of my top three movie watching experiences. Like you've been recommended, and this might be one, it might not be, but you've been recommending Green Book to me. And mm. if anyone has not seen that yet, you recommended it so many times. I watched it one of my top films of all time now oh 100 yeah. percent. so i take i take i mean like for people that don't know bro you're the dude that if i say oh should we watch maybe let's watch Step Brothers. i wonder what ranking it's got you'll know oh it's about a 7.1 on imdb <laughs> like you just know the ranking of every film yeah so with that pre uh introduction um mm. top three top three that people have to see not not like trilogies but just standalone or or maybe like you know yeah no no definitely know. stand i'll do standalones for sure um is this my top three or like top three I'd give to... Your to, top three. Okay, my top Cause, three. Because, I mean, your opinions. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, this is no particular order, but I would 100% put um, Blade Runner in there, which I know you're iffy about, but for me, oh, it's, it's amazing. And the reason why I love it is because it's so weird and it's not... It's not a conventional film by any means at all. Basically, Blade Runner is a is a moral dilemma the whole time, and that's why I like it. And the score again um, is amazing. It's by the same guy who does, um, uh, you know, the um, Chariots of Fire. Yeah, it's by the same guy who does that, and I reckon this is his best one. But anyways, um, and Harrison Ford's best performance, in my opinion. Uh, so Blade Runner. Um, number two, I would do Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. Now you said that to me a few times. Haven't watched it yet. It's, oh, it's uh, it's a comedy. It's a comedy, but it is so well done. It's by it's by uh, directed by a guy called John Hughes, starring Matthew Broderick, and it's uh, it's basically the definition of the eighties, being in high school, and uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal. And the acting is hilarious. And uh, just, it's set in Chicago. And, it, and Chicago has never looked better in a film, in my opinion. Anyways, and number three. Oh, yeah, number three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard, eh? Number three would be, honestly, I think the Green Book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the Green Book is really awesome. Unreal. Viggo Mortensen, what a performance. Oh, yeah. The best performance of his... Uh, it's his apex mountain, mountain for sure. Um, but my list changes every time. So that's that's what it is off the top of my head. But if you ask me tomorrow, it'll probably change. But yeah. I love that about you, bro. I love that. You put up with me. Don't know. I don't know music at all. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, there's just so many different levels and layers. Onions, oh, was it? Ogres have layers. <laughs> onions have layers. You're like an onion. Oh. But people only you. see the outside skin, you know. Oh, well, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. For you, bro, I'm keen to, I'm keen to, the way I kind of want to land this, bro, is mm. you are involved in some of the coolest projects, some of the coolest, you're involved and and participating in some of the coolest gigs and working with some of the most talented musicians and mm. all of this stuff that's going on for you. Yeah. Um, I suppose my question is, where do you want to see it go? 
blue skies. Yeah. No, for sure. I know, and I know it's a weird segue. I mean, we've gone from drumming to skating to uh, to movies back to drum. But I mean, like that. This is how a normal conversation would go, anyway. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're, basically, where do I want to go next? Essentially, yeah, blue yeah. skies, bro. You could map out your five years. Cool. Well, I think I, I basically I want to do what I'm doing on a, on a larger scale. Um, I've been I've been extremely blessed to have worked with some of um, the country's um, top acts, um, uh, Holly, Holly Smith, Nathan Haynes, um, Troy Kingy, Foley, Harper Finn, and then all my all my jazz stuff. Uh, anyone else I missed out, I apologize. Um, but honestly, I just want to do it on a bigger scale. I want to play for. Um, I really want to play for Homebrew. I'd love to do a gig for Homebrew. I'd love to. I you know. Stan Walker, if that ever happened, you know, that'd be really cool. Um, I'd love to do a reggae gig. I'd love to, I'd love to do, I don't know, I'd lo- if Three Houses Down ever called me up, I'd be like, yo, let's go. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I, I just, honestly, I just love to basically just expand my um, CV of people I'd, I'd love to do. But um, I've, I've talked to a couple pe- people about this, but... Um, well, two things. I, I'm I'm working on a on a on a project, a, a, a writing project. Um, so I've been writing an album, uh, and, and and demoing it out and having a lot of fun with that. That's really cool. So you know, eventually, I'd love to put that out and uh, do a couple couple of like a mini tour around New Zealand. It'd be really cool to to do that. And bring bring what I love in music to um to people. Would be really awesome. Um, but later down the line, you know, uh, if I ever have kids or should, I should change that to when I have kids, um, I, you know, gigging every night isn't a viable option. You know, you got, you got a family to be there and hang out with and, 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 and love. And so, you know, gigging is, yeah, it, it just, it just wouldn't work out. So, um, you know, when that stage in my life happens, I'd I'd really love to write for films and uh, and for TV. Go figure, right? Go figure. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, you know I mean, it means I can stay home and write. And you know, if a gig comes up that I really want to do, or a tour that comes up, then I can I can do that as well. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I'd like to do. Mm, yeah, that's really cool, man. Uh, I like that. I like that you see you see your priorities shifting when different things come into life like kids or marriage or whatever you know yeah i mean it, it would just be it would just be unwise to think that you can just uh you know just just do what i'm doing at the moment and playing playing you know four four nights a week you know mm. uh, i mean i have to book you in in advance when i want to hang out bro <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time how are you placed in uh, uh, March thirty first, twenty twenty four? Bro, straight up. Every time I ask you, bro, like, when are we on this week? You pull out the calendar. Yeah. Not many people do that. I know. I, I feel like a that's bit good. of a soul. That's good. <laughs> that's a big baller move, eh? Nah, it's good. It's a good. Um, it's a good thing. Um, what would your parting shot of advice be for young musicians? Um, up and comers, or even musicians that have been in the game for years. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'll say this, and, and I, I got this a um, very long time ago from uh, someone called uh, Carly Lahana. Shout out shout out to that awesome woman. Um, 
uh, she said that um, there's three things that will make you a successful musician, and that is um, showing up on time, know your stuff, and be a nice guy. And that third one is 100% the most important one. Being a nice guy, um, so people might be listening to this and be like, Elijah, you're not a nice guy. You're an absolute <laughs> tool. Um, but uh, Hypocrite. Uh, yeah, hypocrite. <laughs> Come come at my door with pitchforks, but um, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Uh, um, the reality is, I should um, I shouldn't have gotten that gig on skill alone. The the beat council gig, um, and it's just relationships, you know, just being a nice guy to people. So I would say that take those three things with you if you want to become a a six, uh, yeah, successful, a successful musician. musician yeah. You know, quotation marks. Um, uh. Yeah, take those three things, but that that third one, being a nice guy or girl, is um, uh, the most important by far. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, people that know you well, um, know that you are the most down to earth, coolest, chillest, kindest person, and you haven't let it get to your head. I try. Yeah, um, it's probably because I still think I'm rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I. I yeah. Every time someone says, yeah, mean job, I'll be like, nah, was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm only going to get better and uh, better and bigger. Yeah. Um, Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Bro, I'm keen. Um, yeah, next time next time we sit down and do this, bro, mm-hmm. once you can, maybe it's going to be backstage tickets to Ooh. to your next gig with Homebrew. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll like, be keen. And I'll try and fit you in. Yeah. See the awesome things you've done down the line. Oh, sure. Um, nah, bro. Shuffle home on for a bit of a yarn, bro. And unpacking like just more to like the new I know, mm. but also just a bit more of your journey for people into drumming, you know? It didn't just happen like that. Yeah. Well, it's my pleasure. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed this immensely. Immensely? Immensely. Is that a word you learned from the films? Uh, that's a Jim Carrey word, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Do they call it Jim Carreyisms? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I think it'd only be fitting though. You talking about um, uh, spontaneity and winging it, and mm-hmm. um, what was the word you use? Improvisation. Improvisation. Mm. Um, that you do your own outro. Okay. Right now. So I just see myself out. Yeah, give give yourself your own little backing track outro. Oh, okay. Roll the credits. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight on BBC Radio 1 with the critically acclaimed Elijah White for being the weirdest man on Mars. And tonight... Hey! Oh! Let's go! <laughs> bro, that was awesome. <laughs> bro, bro. Bro, man. Shut up, bro. BBC. <laughs>